This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. Hey everybody, this is episode 36. We got the whole crew back tonight. The which is the here. first time in a while. Yeah. I don't remember which one we had the last the last time we had everybody on. It's been a few weeks. Me and Nate did the last one. We us three did the one before that. We talked about some archery stuff. What did we talk about last week? Uh, uh, mature bucks. Yeah. More, yeah. Ma- more, more mature, mature bucks. Yeah. Around. The trend. Yep. And then this week, I want to talk about part of an article out of Bowhunter Magazine, their latest edition for 2022 called the choice is yours and it's talking about kind of this next generation of bows or the new ones that are coming out buying a bow what you're looking for maybe not necessarily just buying a new bow but what you like in the one you got like i've got a real i mean mine's older yours you probably got the newest bow of any of us it's a crossbow but we talk a little bit about crossbows as well i don't know what year you bought yours but we'll get into that so to start off though i do want to read a little bit he kind of after this uh opening he breaks down some of the different bows that are on the market, and I didn't want to go through all that one by one. So I will read his opening, though. It says, There should be a lot of thought put into picking the right hunting bow. And although the cool factor is certainly important, weight, balance, speed, stability, efficiency, forgiveness, and noise are really the buzzwords to focus on when it comes to making that final decision. Let's face it, today's flagship bows aren't cheap, and you'll spend more than a grand when your bow hunting rig is complete. But when you start taking these new bows for a test drive at your local pro shop, you'll realize that they're worth every penny. Although we all have our personal preferences, I honestly don't think you can go wrong with any of today's compound bows. The variables from brand to brand are pretty slim for the most part, and like anything else, there are trade-offs with each model. No one bow is likely to meet every expectation, at least I've yet to find one that does, but at the end of the day, once you give them a spin, you'll appreciate what these modern bow hunting marbles bring to the table after giving them a spin so first off i agree with what he says a lot of it's personal preference stuff but i don't know that there's a necessarily a bad bow on the market right now i don't know if you get any on top of your head that you just don't absolutely don't like shooting or matthews matthews no i'm teasing teasing. well that's fine no uh really though oh hold on Matt mcpherson's attorney's on the phone yeah Uh, get yeah. the handcuffs out. <laughs> uh huh. Well, no, I, and that's not just not trying to make anybody mad that likes one bow or the other that makes them or shoots them. I really don't think it's just depending on what specifically you're looking for. Uh, if you go shooting new bows, you're probably going to like every one you shoot, maybe for different reasons. But, and I think a lot of it probably does come down to, you know, you like the looks of it or the colors they have available just because they're all so comparable. But there are some things, differences in them. And we've all in here shot enough different bows to kind of know some of the differences in the ones what we didn't like in some of them and the ones we do like in the ones we got now, whether that's an older bow, uh, somewhere in the middle bow, or a newer crossbow like what Jeff's shooting. You can kind of give us that perspective on it. But, Nate, first of all, what are you shooting? Because I don't remember what uh, year you told me it was. And what do you like about it specifically? I got an Elite uh, Energy, no, Impulse 34. Uh, I'm going to say it's about five, six years old. Um, I used to get a new bow about every year. Mm-hmm. Therefore, 
Back when you were big time? Yeah, yeah. Before he, <laughs> before he got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you that's go. That's the key, right? There. <laughs> Ta-da. That's the key. I know. <laughs> yep. yep, when I was single, uh, working a lot of hours, uh, yeah, I'd buy a new bow about every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like this bow. Um, it's extremely forgiving. Uh, I think it's got 85% let off, maybe more. I don't know. Um, it's not fast by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know, 280 um, with like a mid-weight arrow. That's not a heavy arrow. Um, uh, extremely forgiving. Um, very accurate. I feel like, uh, of course, it's uh, dual cam. Um, I, I think they've got good technology on that. A very solid back wall. Lots of let off. Uh, you about got to push it if you want to. If you want to let it down, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I do not want to be fighting the bow at full draw. Uh, I'm lazy. <laughs> I I don't want to fight it. If I got to hold it back a long time, I want to be able to. Which happens. Yep. Um, like uh, like I had a PSE uh, for a while. I did not like it. I never did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was very fast. I mean, I, I it'd shoot 340. You know, it really would. What PSE did you have? Oh, Dream Season DNA, I think. Okay. It's probably. I had a DNA, but it wasn't a Dream Season DNA. I think. I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was a dual cam. I love that bow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what it was. Um, I'm just sure it was a DNA. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I had to, I had to fight it the whole time to keep it back, uh, and I did yeah. not like that. Yeah. I mean, I know it was much faster than oh, yeah. anything I've ever shot. Uh, but I wanted to be able to, to hold the thing back. Mm-hmm. I got an old neighbor that uh, I'd hate to think how many arrows he's flung in your shop. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He, he said that speed only makes you miss faster. That's right. <laughs> um, and in my situation, fighting that bow, you know, I was not comfortable shooting it. I'm comfortable shooting that one I got now. I just want a lot of let off. I want it to be very forgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, long brace height. Uh, that's why I like it. Yeah. I, I had a PSE as well. I don't even remember what it was. I just sold it last year, but I liked it. I didn't have the same issue that you're talking about as much. It did have a little bit of vibration in it when I shot it. That would have been really my only complaint about it. Uh, I think a lot of thing with the PSE is a feel, if you really like that small little handle or not, because mm-hmm. that's a big thing on those bows. If you want something a little meatier, you know, to hold in the in your hand there, like on your palm, that's not going to be the bow for you necessarily because they've got that little bitty thin handle on them. And for some guys, they love it, how it fits down in there, and other guys just don't at all. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things about the PSE. When I had that PSE, I absolutely loved that handle. And they're a little heavy. Mine was a little heavy. Yeah. But. And I'm not knocking PSE by any, right. by any means. No. But I just did not oh, like it. Oh, wait. Here's Pete Shipley's attorney on the phone. Yeah, I just did not like how. You're two it, for two. <laughs> yep. Uh, it felt jumpy to me. Yeah. Uh, I just wasn't comfortable. Uh, but I mean, it was fast. It, it was advertising. It's a fast bow, you know. It mm-hmm. was fast. Yeah, it man. sure was. They are. They're. They are very fast bows. And uh, some of the, uh, basically everything you didn't like about that bow is where the speed comes from. Oh yeah. So you have a very small valley. It's yeah. either let off or gone. Yeah. So you don't have any of that wasted motion, wasted turn cam turns. That that all equates into speed. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, your short brace height is also gives you a, uh, it magnifies your torque, mm-hmm. and so you can be less accurate unless you just shoot that thing constantly. So you may not be as accurate as you want to be if you're just basically hunting and practicing yeah. for hunting. 
and then sometimes you give from that 85% let off, it may be closer to 65 or 70. And so all the things that you're talking about that you didn't like necessarily for that particular bow for hunting is the reason it shot 340. That's right. You know. Yeah. And you had before that, well, you said you bought a new one every year. So did you go, you shot Bowtech for a while. I had several Bowtechs. So I did you go them. from them to the PSE to the Elite? Or was yeah. there anything in between there? No, I don't think so. Um, Hoyts, I never minded Hoyts. Mm-hmm. Um, they, to me, they always pretty much felt the same. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it seemed like they just get a little faster every year. Um, just a little, you know. Right. But they had the same basic feel to me all the time. Um, nothing wrong with them. I didn't mind shooting them. I just never owned one. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I was Bowtech. Then I had that one PSC. What's the last one of those you had? A PSE? No, uh, the Bowtech. Did you have the Invasion? Would that have been the last one you had? Yeah, probably. Maybe one more. I can't remember if I had a, what was CPX? Insanity? That's what I've got. Well, they had the Invasion, <laughs> and then I don't know if after that they had the Invasion CPX and then the Insanity CPX, or how those fell in line. I know the Insanity mm-hmm. was after the Invasion, but I don't know if there was one in between or not. <coughs> I can't remember. Um, I had a captain, I had the invasion. I don't know if I had one of them destroyers. Oh, yeah. I can't I like those bows as well. They're a lot like the assassins. Mm -hmm. They're just a little longer. Axle to axle, I think. Uh, Yeah. They might have actually been the bow before the assassin, right? The destroyer 350 and then the assassin come in after that. But they were both really similar shooting bows. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of the older style. They didn't have split limbs on them. Um, I don't want to say older nope, style. destroyers, they didn't. They were a hor- really horizontal limb. They weren't the past horizontal like yeah. you see now on a lot of bows. Yeah. Not the fastest things in the world, but, you know, pretty smooth shooting mm-hmm. and light and easy to get around. Like the one mm-hmm. I got now, the Assassin, I think it's 30 inches axle to axle or something like that. So it's yeah. a little bitty thing. Yeah. And it shoots good, too. I think they still rate it at 330 or something, so it's plenty fast, yeah. even with your hunting setup on there. But uh, I think 33 is the shortest axle-to-axle I've ever had. Mm-hmm. I think I've always been, uh, except for that old PSC Silver. I've owned two PSCs. My first bow was a PSC Silver Hawk. Mine was, too. Um, I'm sure there's lots of recurves that shot faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my I'm, I'm just saying my first compound was a PSC. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've always liked between 33 and 35 on axle to axle. Um, and I feel like you get into torque problems again when yep. you're when you're real short. Yep. yep. But but you can get a real short bow into more places, and you can a long bow. It's, it's nice to shoot in a tree stand, mm-hmm. especially if you got a guard out there in front of your your climber. Yep. If you're not just running an open climber. Yeah. It's nice. You know, you can get them around limbs a little bit. You, if you practice torquing yourself, you can you can shoot that into some odd. Mm-hmm. non-standing straight up configurations yeah. with a smaller bow yeah but you have to practice that but yeah yeah you start getting into smaller bows you get back into that generally shorter brace height which mm-hmm. then also leads to um, not as much accuracy yeah. or you need to practice more to maintain the accuracy level you're comfortable with yeah you can do it, it people do it all the time yep i like the uh compact well for taking out west and hunting like, oh, if you're yeah. going to do any kind of that hunting, it's really nice for that. Yeah. And then, I don't know, kind of like what you're talking about, being up in the tree. I do like having a little bit less swinging around up there. 
I don't remember what the Insanity CPX is that I've got. 32. I think it's 32. 32. Then the XL so it's not, 35, right? Yeah, it's not crazy, you know, long axle to axle. No, no. It's longer than the Assassin that I've got, which I kind of, that one replaced my PSE, which is kind of my Western rig if I ever get to make it back out there. But And I just like shooting the bow, but mm-hmm. I think you're right. you got to practice more with it, obviously. It's not quite as forgiving. And you will practice more with the bow that you enjoy shooting, mm-hmm. the one that yeah. you're fighting all the time. It, it can be the best bow in the world, but if you don't enjoy shooting it, you're not going to shoot it as much, so you're not going to be as proficient with it as maybe you'd like to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was generally aggravated with it. <laughs> right. And, you know, and then it's time to maybe, you know, look at something different like the article yeah. going yeah. with, but you may not always have that monetary option either. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're expensive. And that's the thing, like what you're talking about. So you've had PSEs and Botex and Elite, and you've shot the Hoyts, uh, I've had PSE, Botech, uh, in a high country, I assume, PSE, Botech. You don't necessarily have to get caught up on the name of bow you're shooting. Find something that you like. So if you've got your heart just set on a Hoyt or a Matthews or something like that, and you go shoot it and you're just, something is just off about it, don't buy the thing just because you got to have a Matthews or you got to have a Hoyt. Because like you said, you're not going to shoot it as much. Right. I was trying to think of Hoyt made a... Uh, Browning? No, Hoyt made an off-brand. Reflex. Yes. Or, yeah, reflex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a reflex, too, I believe. Jason had one of those. I was thinking you got one from when we had the shop over there. I had a... No, I had a Botech, a little Botech. Okay. And Jason was shooting a reflex, though. That was the first one when I got him into bow hunting. That's what he was shooting. Uh, and then... So you're shooting still the same bow you've had for... <laughs> I like it. Almost 20. Well, that, yeah, and that's there's nothing wrong with that, but... How old is it? Is it an 03, 04? Yeah. Or 02? No, it's a 3 or 4. It's, it ran it's for a, a few years. A Botech Patriot. Yeah, they ran that one for a few years. It's heavier than what's today. Mm-hmm. The brace height is probably in the 6 range. Um, it's got some axle-to-axle length to it. Uh, the last thing I did when I left the shop was I made a new red, white, and blue string for it and cable for it. It's a single cam. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just I've got I've had I got a brand new bowl back there. I've never shot. I well, just, yeah. I just uh, I'd like it. I like the Patriot. I like the way it shoots. It's he- part of it's you know it is heavy, but I like the way the handle feels. It's got a bigger and it's the true wood handle too. It's the true wood, which you handle. don't find anymore because well that was a, it's heavy. That was kind of a deal anyway. I mean, at the time I was. At the time I left the shop, we were the biggest Botech dealer in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I got things. So that was kind of that deal. Yeah. They're, and I like the feel of that, too. It's cut out. The grooves are nice on it, and it is a little bigger. And I'm not real picky, honestly, about the handle. It's not as as much of a big deal because, like I said, shot the PSE, and then that bow I've shot. I like them both. And they're two, you could not get farther apart on those True. two handles. True. Uh, and then the Insanity somewhere in between the two. And the Assassin as well. It's a little bit thicker of a handle, but the I, wood handle was more of a uh, insulator, right? I mean, that Doesn't aluminum get quite gets as cold. cold. Yeah. If you're sitting up there on a real cold day, even if it's a cool day, if you sit there long enough, that bow is mm-hmm. going to be cooler. That wood handle takes some of that out of it. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, let's okay. First, the last couple compound bows you had, and then what you've got now, the center point crossbow. Uh, was the last compound bow you had the PSE? Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, <clears throat> well, I've shot 
Browning Opshot PSE. But then I uh, went to Bowtech and I got the old Glory. Mm-hmm. And which that, what year would that? Two thousand and three. Two thousand three. Yeah, it was a twelve hundred dollar bow at that time. That yeah. was a lot of money. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, my wife at that time threw a fit. <laughs> which which keyword which at that time? Number number. <laughs> but you know, you know, it's just. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love that bow, and I actually I had it up until last year when I sold it to somebody that was, and I had to get rid of it, but I just couldn't pull it back anymore. Right. You know, but that was a nice, nice bow, and then uh, I went to PSE and the DNA. And it would have been like a thirteen. Yeah, it was a thir- two thousand thirteen. It was a thirteen model. Yeah, and I'm not. <laughs> That was a deal where through a seed company and the farm and all that stuff, you know, they was giving away shotguns. And I told them, I don't have no use for a shotgun. Can I get a bow? And they was like, yeah, as long as it's in that price range, you know, mm-hmm. they was giving away browning shotguns and stuff. And so I got a PSE DNA for free. And Man. it was a slick looking it too because it was a the, slick bow. I mean, it had the uh, Skullworks camo, yeah, they called it. Skullworks right? I did camo. Like that. Oh, yeah. Split limb, dual cam. I mean, yeah. yeah, they told me that I, well, actually, uh, the uh, sporting goods store that I got from said, you come out way ahead than these <laughs> other guys that got these Browning shotguns. Right. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, I just know how to play the game. And, a lot more bang for your buck there. Yeah. And, uh, they was, I mean, it was a slick bow. I love that bow. It's a dual cam. Depends I, on how you look at it. I bet them shotguns are worth more than that bow right well, now. Well, prob- yeah, they are. <laughs> they are. But, you know, at the time, you know, I, mm-hmm. I didn't care about shotgun hunting because I was up here all the time. You know? Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah. You know, so bow hunting, and I was wanting, you know, why get a shotgun whenever I wouldn't use it? And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to use that bow as a shorter bow than what I was used to. What were they? Thirty two? I think so. Yeah. You know, I think that, that's what my that old glory was like a thirty six. Okay. You yeah. know. And I was you know, where where I started shooting recurve when I started, you know, I was used to long bows. I I liked the long longer axle, the axle just there's more forgiving. I liked everything about them. But yeah, that PSE, I mean it that was a dream bow for me. I ain't gonna lie. I love that bow. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a fan of solo camps. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, you know. I like, but I just like the dual cams. And so, you know, it it worked out well. I hate to get rid of that bow, but you know, it got to where my shoulder, you know, I couldn't pull it back anymore, even at the 85 percent lead off that mm-hmm. was on. Mm-hmm. And so, it was well, t- you still got to get it there. Yeah, you got to get it there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a 70 pound draw. You know, and after. After you broke it over, it wasn't that bad, but it was just a matter of fact of getting it broke over and with my shoulder being messed up like it was, I couldn't do it no more. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at now. I've, I've turned mine down a little bit, uh, but mine's still a smooth enough. That Patriot was still a smooth enough pull. Now, it's not fast. I'm like, like, like Nate, it's not fast by any stretch, but even as my shoulder bursitis gets worse, I can still pull it back. So I'll, I'll probably, when I can no longer do that, I'll go to a crossbow. But yeah. I think I've still got a few more years being able to do that, yeah. um, and I think I will, just because I I enjoy shooting the bow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about drawing it back and holding it and and doing all those things that's kind of neat and in my mind. Just and, watching the the arrow come out and hit yeah. that's I 
you can't replicate that anywhere, you know, shooting a deer with it or any game, really. Right. And I'll, not- I'll admit, you know, that Bowtech, uh, I love that bow. I mean, I shot that bow every night. I'd get home from work and I'd take mm-hmm. some arrows out there and I'd shoot for a half hour to an hour, you know, and unless I started getting tired. And if I get tired, I'd quit because mm-hmm. start that's when you start picking up bad habits. Yeah. You know? Right. Yep. And so, you know, I, I absolutely love that bow. And the PSE, there was nothing wrong with that bow. You know, I enjoyed shooting it too. Uh, but, with my scoliosis and stuff, you know, at that time it was getting more, it was harder and harder to do it as, mm-hmm. as I was fighting it more and I was making more mistakes and I was like, okay, it's time to hang it up. Yep. And, and we, I want to get in the crossbow in a second, but you guys are both talking about the shoulder issues and having to turn the bow down. That shouldn't be a, a deterrent either away from a bow either. I don't think, or maybe if you're going to shooting bows and you got one with 70 pound limbs because you think you got to have 70 pound limbs maybe go to a 60 and see what that feels like because maybe that bow just feels awful because you're straining yourself trying to draw back all that weight well if you jump down to even 50 or 60 if whatever you got to do it might be the smoothest drawing bow you've ever held you just are pulling too much weight for what you're comfortable with the the other side of that is generally bows are made to be shot at their peak mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. yeah so if you're shooting a 70 pound bow backed off to mid you know low 60s or mid 60s because generally range just somewhere around 10 pounds uh you'd be better off to just go to a 60 pound bow and bury that thing and maybe get 60 62 pounds out correct of it. most right. a lot of them back in the day was like 15 pounds so it'd be 55 to 70 yeah, yeah. so your performance really when you got below if you're shooting a 70 pound bow, if you got below 65, your performance really started falling. Mm-hmm. But um, some of that depended on if you're trying to shoot the same arrows and the same broadheads at say 55 that you were 70, then mm-hmm. guys weren't changing. But on that, what you were talking about earlier, there's I think there's still a, a huge place for pro shops when it comes to bow shopping. Mm-hmm. If you want to shop on the internet or go to all these places and buy your arrows and broadheads and whatever else you want to buy, that's one thing. If you want to go out and spend good money on a bow, go someplace do your due diligence figure out what you think you want and then go shoot it i mean you wouldn't buy a car unless you test drove it mm-hmm. right well yeah i would i wouldn't right so why would you spend money on a bow that you haven't shot because mm-hmm. you might not like it and there's a big enough purchase today you're gonna have to live with it for a while mm-hmm. so do your due diligence go to a pro shop ask to shoot a, a bow if they won't let you shoot a bow you need to go to another pro shop. Exactly. Yep. Find one that you can go shoot. If it takes, you know, some driving or some time or whatever, then if you want your accessories or whatever else, then do whatever you want to do there. Right. But find something that you're comfortable with, no matter what it is. And check it. There's, there's pro shops. Most pro shops will handle at least three different brand names. Mm-hmm. So, you know, do your again, do your due diligence. Find out what pro shop handles what you think you're interested in. And then maybe even go to one you're not. Mm-hmm. Just to just see. to make sure that you're not right. You know, don't be like you say. Don't be brand specific just because of a certain brand name. Because mm-hmm. they it, got a cool sticker you can put on your right, window. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. And the other thing about going into pro shop is, say you order that bow off the internet and you get it in and you start shooting it and you don't like it. Well, there may be something that you're doing, or that you don't have the bow set up to where it's supposed to be where in a pro shop they're going to be able to tell you hey look maybe try this and it might make all the difference in the world so you don't waste all that time and money 
you know, even if you just ship the thing back, you don't waste all that time and money. You go to the pro shop and you shoot it. Oh, I don't like this one. Put it back on the rack, pick up another one. Or they'll be able to tell you if they see something that maybe is not right about it or doesn't look right with you or maybe... If you're having trouble with that bow, they may be able to tell you why. And, and maybe it, it's just your form. I mean, right, you, can exactly. watch, you can watch all the YouTube videos you want to on how to set up a bow and everything. But mm-hmm. if you don't know how to shoot it correctly, and if you have a bad form, it's not com- yeah. going to perform the way that you expect it to. Yeah. And if you can find a good pro shop with knowledgeable and guys, they'll, they they'll will be able to point that out that. to you. Yeah. yeah. They'll be able to maybe tell you why you're not shooting that bow like you should be or like right. it should be. And maybe you. Maybe you're doing everything right, and it's just the bow you don't like, so you move on to the next one, and you have that option. So, yeah, it's a good point. Back to what we were talking about with you, Jeff, on the crossbows, you've now gone to, because of your shoulder issues, to the center point, and it's the, I don't remember the exact model of it now. I sold it to you. Hell, I don't know. You sold it to (laughs) me. It's 370, is that what it's called? Something like that. Yeah, or three ninety. Three ninety, I think it is. Oh, okay. Well, it's the feet per seconds, basically, with yeah. the number mouse too. But anyway, Centerpoint is a. It's a company that Raven owns, so it'd be right. like Diamond to Bowtech is, is right. Centerpoint. So they make a good price point crossbow that's still quality as well. You're not going to get as many of the, all the fancy features as you would on your twenty five hundred dollar crossbow, but you've got, I mean, arrows and all in that. You don't have much money in it at all not four hundred dollars right center point's been around for a while they were Mm -hmm. they they were a good company where i when i were in business things can change but it sounds like they still they're still on point Mm -hmm. you know uh i was that guy back when crossbows we know you've always been that guy (laughs) well yeah i've always been that guy a lot of different situations that that applies to well we're not going to go there you're right i was that guy that always said i would never shoot a crossbow you know, I was just that guy. If I can't bow hunt, I'm not going to hunt. Well, I quit bow hunting for about four years and for various reasons, but mainly because of phys- physicality, I couldn't bow, bow back anymore. And I got to missing it, you know. And I was up here at the shop and skinning deer and seeing these guys bringing in nice big bucks and stuff, you know, and they're shooting crossbows and bows and stuff. And at you know, before you had to have a doctor's permit mm-hmm. before you shoot a crossbow. Well, Illinois made it where anybody could shoot a crossbow. And I just, I don't know, I I got to missing it, wanting to go. And so I finally swallowed some pride, which was, I don't have a lot of pride, but what pride <laughs> I do have, it was pretty hard to swallow. <laughs> you know, and so I went and bought me a crossbow. Man, I wouldn't trade it for the world because it opened up a lot of, opportunities for me again and i absolutely love that 400 dollar crossbow yeah you know you don't need a you know everybody thinks they gotta have a thousand dollar or fifteen hundred dollar you know hell the crossbows go up to what five five oh, grand, yeah depending on what know? you get yours don't have to look cooler than the neighbors no <laughs> you're right you know it don't take it's okay that if mu- it does but it doesn't have it to, don't yeah. have it don't take that much to kill a deer you right. know and, and let me tell you, the difference between even a $1,200 bow and your $400 bow, the $1,200 bow, it, I mean, it's easier to use. It's got some nice features on there. But like you said, it, depending on what your budget is, if you don't need all that stuff to no, kill a deer. No. So if your budget allows for that, that's great. It does make it easier on you. But yep. I mean, if you don't have that to spend, don't let that keep you from buying one like what you've got. Right. Because it's a good little bow. It is. And it, it, 
I mean, it's compact, it's lightweight. I'm sure there's other crossbows out there that are lighter and mm-hmm. shoot faster and all that stuff, you know. And I'm shooting a heavier arrow and broadhead in it just because that's what I like, you know. And uh, you're still but, and you're still probably getting 350 feet a second, 340 feet a second out of your hunting setup. I, all I know is where if I shoot it, if it wasn't for a light knock, I wouldn't be able to see the arrow. <laughs> exactly. Go, you know? Yeah. So. And even sometimes then. <laughs> yeah, even sometimes then. I can see the, bro- the, the oh, excuse me, the proper term is bolt, not arrow. <laughs> right. But I can see the bolt go, but I don't know where the hell it goes. It disappears off into space. <laughs> I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, we spent, what, three hours one day looking for that bolt, and, and we couldn't find it. Light you know? knock, it gone. It was gone. I hope nobody was on the state ground sitting in a tree on the other side of that deer. And if I they saw. are, they're still there. They're still there. <laughs> With a light of knock right there. You know, so. But, no, I, I absolutely love my crossbow because it opened up uh, doors to me mm-hmm. that, you know, that I had shut, not only mentally but physically too, you know. And and so it allows me to get back out there in the woods and, and enjoy hunting and stuff. And, and you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't blame anybody for shooting a crossbow. Not at all. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about crossbows, in my mind, is they're just like bows today. It doesn't matter if your budget's four hundred dollars yeah. or four thousand dollars. There's a setup for you. Yeah, you can get what you pay for. You can get whatever you want, and and there are good four hundred dollar setups. Yep. Mm-hmm. There are good four thousand dollar setups. It depends on where your budget's at. And where you want to be in that budget, but yeah, you can you can make it happen for whatever. Yeah, and, and, and the thing I like about the crossbow too, I like doing. You know, I've said it before on here a lot. I like ground hunting, mm-hmm. and oh my god, that is just you don't have to move. That's a whole. I mean, it's like hunting with a gun, mm-hmm. and I don't want to make that comparison because I don't have the range that a gun does. Right, but still, at the same time, I can sit on the ground and. And you know what I enjoy doing, getting close to my game on their left. I was going to say sleeping on the ground. <laughs> well, possibly, but you know <laughs> I can get on their I can get on the deer's level, and so that adds more. I don't know. It's just it's just more mm-hmm. enjoyable to me, and more of a challenge to me than other than just sitting up in the tree. Now, do I hunt out deer stands? Absolutely, but you know. I enjoy being on their level, having that challenge. Mm-hmm. And and with the crossbow, the kind of the biggest thing for you was the price point to start with, right? Because I remember you were talking. Oh about, yeah, you were talking about seeing some at one of the local sporting goods stores. So I kind of started looking around to see what was out there, and I sent you that one, a text or something yeah. about that one. It seemed like you know pretty for the price it was, pretty good speed, good reviews on it, and everything. So kind of decided to go with that one yeah but that was kind of the biggest thing you're looking for wasn't it it's something you didn't want like a toy no i didn't want no but you didn't want to spend a thousand dollars either no and you know it's just a mid-range bow you know um my situation you know i don't have a lot of extra money to play with and so you know and that fit into my budget and and uh so i took a chance bought it and i'm well well pleased with it i, I mean i absolutely love that crossbow mm-hmm. so nate back to you on your elite if you were going to look at bows now like some of these new ones and stuff what are you looking for comparable to that one if there was anything you would look for that you would like to be better is there anything or what i mean where would you start 
Uh, Would you start back with whatever elites got out new just because you like it so much? Probably. Um, I don't feel like they've changed much in uh, in what they produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they seem to always produce a bow. I think they call it the shootability challenge. You know, they want you to shoot it um, and let you feel how comfortable you can be. Uh, right. And uh, and that's what I'm in it for. I, I want something that I do not have to fight. I want to be able to pull it back, hold it easy. Um, it's very dead in hand. There's very little vibration. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of speed. There shouldn't be. Well, two eighty is a lot faster than it was thirty years ago, man. Yeah. Correct. One hundred eighty was fast then. So and, and we got better. Uh, they know how to get rid of vibration. Sure. Uh, designs better for that. Then we got better deadening materials. All the mm-hmm. limb savers, um, rubber everywhere. Um, but yeah, uh, I like it dead in hand. Um, they're not very loud. Uh, in my opinion, um, uh, but again, I'm I'm going to go for a slower, more forgiving bow every time before I'm going to go for speed, mm-hmm. um, and that's just uh, that's just me. I know a whole lot of people think uh, exactly the opposite, right? You know? But I want to be comfortable, and that's kind of one of those preference things too. But I'm I shoot a heavier setup anyway, so I'm kind of more with you. I want to be comfortable shooting, and I'll give up some speed for comfort. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's I think. <clears throat> I think that's the difference between now. If you were out on the 3D circuit, you would have two different setups. If you're willing to give up speed for comfort in the stand, you're going to have to have another setup for 3D. Yeah, absolutely. Or you're going to compromise on each end of that spectrum, which there's no which, and people do all three. Yep. People just do nothing but 3D shoot. They do nothing but hunt, and then some people do both. And it doesn't mean you have to have three bows, but some people do. Right. And so, the, the reason we, maybe on we, the... Didn't we back when we had the 3D shoot, didn't we have two categories? One was a hunting category. And there was, was like six different categories. But, I mean, one of them was a hunting category for just your hunting bows, and then there wasn't, yes. wasn't there another one for... Yeah, there was release, there was hunting, there was recurve, there was women's, there was perf- what they call pro. Right. Um, you know. But there was basically a category, and I don't remember if we called it hunting or what it was, but it was a category for what you would, whatever you hunted with was what you shot <laughs> right. in the 3D range. Yeah. And for anybody who might not be understanding the uh, why you would have maybe two different setups, so on the 3D range, you may be shooting 30 yards, you might be shooting 65, 70, 80 yards, depending on what 3D range you go to. If you can get a faster bow with a little lighter setup, it's generally going to be flatter shooting, so you're going to make up for some of that error in judgment on distance. Now, that's a lot of, you know... One thing I should say, too, with shooting a heavier setup myself for hunting a little bit slower bow, I'm not taking, I mean, 40 yards is a, a hard stop for me, and that's got to be perfect. Everything's just got to be perfect. He ain't paying attention. There's not a lot of wind. Outside of that, if it's questionable at all, I'm 30 or in. So I'm not looking to shoot that far. Now, with my bow that I hunt out west with and the bow that I deer hunt with out here, I've got 60-pound limbs on. The one I go out west with, I've got the 70-pound limbs on. It is a little shorter, but I can still get pretty good speed with it. I do shoot a little bit lighter setup because I want to be able to shoot 60 or 65 yards if I have to. And out there, that's a lot more common. And spot and stalking most of the time, I mean, if that's as close as you can get, that's as close as you can get without bumping them. That may be the best shot you can have. And if you're comfortable with doing that and you're a good shot and you practice, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But that's just kind of the difference, like what you're talking about with that 3D, why you might have two different setups for hunting in the 3D. Yeah, because you're talking 3D now. If you're shooting a 12 ring, which is the size of a quarter at 57 Mm -hmm. yards, if you miss that by one yard, you're not a 12. Right. Mm -hmm. You might be a 10. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a, yeah, that's why they do what they do. 
Mm-hmm. It gives you a little more room for error. Sure. But also remember back in the day, we on 3D, a lot of guys were shooting them big shafts and you know, what we called line cutters, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Where, right. You know, like, all, all you got to do is pull that line. That's yep. right. You got to pull that line. Do. And, you know, everybody had their tricks and ways around it, you know. And, and I mean, it's a lot of fun. I oh, enjoyed yeah. it. And, mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was, there was a lot of. There was still, there was actually making companies making carbon arrows that were great big and fat. Great they big called line, line cutters. cutters. Yep. yep. So what would be. You've been shooting your bow for longer than any of us have been shooting ours. Now that you have the crossbow, what would be what would make you shoot a new one? As I mean, what would it have to have comparable to your old one? Like short of your old one blowing up, what would make you want to get into a new bow? Or what would you be looking for? I me, guess? What, yeah. what I'd be looking for for me at my age, I would probably max out my limbs at at sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be looking at a brace height of close to six inches uh, for forgiving. Yeah, you're not going to get seven and a half anymore. No. Six to two is pretty common. Used to, we did. Six and a half, something yeah. like that would be yeah. fine. You know, my axle to axle high 30s, I'm okay with. But you got to remember, I'm not, my hunting setup's not 35 yards. It's mm-hmm. 30 and in. It's, it's not a hard 30, but it's 30. Right. So I don't need... I don't really, I don't really need the 280, you mm-hmm. know, because from what I'm doing, so that would be the bow I'd be looking for. But it would strictly be tree stand hunting in a in a space that I, I'm going to shoot 30 yards and less, and something I feel comfortable that I can shoot, and I'm going to get out there and practice. Uh, that's where I would be at. If I was going to look to 3Ds, it'd be a whole different setup. Mm-hmm. If I was going out west, that'd be another whole different setup. Um, but that'd be where I'd be at, which I'm, I'm not the norm. I'd be in that probably bottom 10% of what's out there today. Yeah, right. You know, but hell, I've always been in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's, where that's not bothered me any yet. No, so right. now. We, we've made it this far, ain't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. So far. What about your with your crossbow, if you were... If you were looking for a new one or like you had the money to buy a more expensive one and you can get some different features, what are some features that you think? Because I can think of one right off the top of my head, uh, and it's not really that big of a deal, but with your crossbow, uh, what are some things you'd be looking at? The one I was thinking of is the safety's just not in a real great spot. Yeah, so the safety sucks. If you find one in a little better spot, that would be one thing. I would, I would definitely... Just shooting yours, because that's the only thing I have to go off of. Your crossbow is the only yeah. one I've actually shot. Uh, well, yours and your sister's. I would definitely have the safety down there on the trigger guard, like... Uh, like a, More like a gun. More like a gun. Where's yours at? It's up there by the cocking mechanism up on top, right under the scope, so you have to... Really? Yeah, it's, it's uh, not very handy. I just so yeah. happen to have... The same, almost the same as yours. Well, if we had a, if we was on video, everybody could see it. You're right. Maybe one of these days when we get back on video, you guys will be able to see this. Yeah. But it's up here on the rail on where top the scope on, goes. Yeah, on top of the riser behind the caulking mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yep. So anyway. do you do you think you would have? Do you, would you go for one that you could let down without shooting, so you wouldn't shoot any more tree roots? <laughs> <laughs> when you expend a bolt at the end of the evening. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because if you I'm do that for four, a friend. <laughs> four or five or six times, you're going to be getting up there in price anyway. So. Well, one of these days, I'm going to hit myself. <laughs> <laughs> so what they're referring to. 
I was up in a climber hunting. That's the that's the night I had an encounter with the drop tide and I couldn't shoot him. And so, you know, I wasn't too thrilled about that, you know, but it was getting close to dark. And I was like, okay, he's gone. And it's time for me to get down because I'm old. You know, I can't climb down a tree without a light, you know, and I didn't. So happens I didn't have a light with me that <laughs> night. So I thought, well, I'm going to shoot my crossbow, you know, get the bolt out of my crossbow because dumbass me, I didn't take a take a pull line with me, you know, to pull the crossbow up or pull it down, you know. So I'm in my Summit Viper, and I got my crossbow, and I carried it up. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to carry it down, but I'm not going to carry it down cocked with a broadhead in it. So I put my... <laughs> Put my discharge arrow in it, which had a big old rubber tip on the end. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to shoot down here by the base of this tree. That way I can find it, you know, whenever I get down. Well, it just so happens that tree had a root sticking out of the ground that, lo and behold, I couldn't see out of the tree stand. Oh, you're a good shot. Yeah. You're a good shot. And, and with my luck, I hit that one and only root. And next thing I know, the arrow comes the bolt comes flying back at me, <laughs> rips through the leaves next next to my head, and lands I don't even know where. <laughs> so I, I got down, and I'm like, I'm not even looking for this thing. I don't care. It almost killed me. You know. <laughs> so after that, I just I told Canyon, I said, give me another. Uh, uh, discharge arrow but make sure it has a field point (laughs) (laughs) moral of the story if you're going to shoot a crossbow handle with care make sure that your discharge arrow is not shooting a tree root in the ground (laughs) i I was going to say if you're not you know used to discharging things maybe you shouldn't point it at the root i don't know know. i've discharged a few things before in my life but you know obviously never like that you're not all that confident it wasn't it wasn't a hard root (laughs) never from a distance never i never shot a hard root from a distance how's that go just say does that satisfy you wait a minute does me my satisfaction got nothing to do with it i'm not the one that discharged it all i know discharged all i know is from now on my safety is uh more important (laughs) than my satisfaction (laughs) (laughs) like you made that decision a few years ago yeah so anyway so when that happened that had to be the last thing you was expecting Oh, uh, yeah, I had no idea. You dumped the trigger on that thing, and all of a sudden, something comes screaming past you. Comes screaming past my head, ripping through the tree leaves, because it (laughs) was still, you know. Do you have any idea how it went past you? Did it it, it flip around? That's exactly how it went past me. (laughs) Did the the veins get it turned around where it was headed back the right way? I have no idea. I didn't care at that moment. All I'm glad is that it missed me. I told you you wasn't all that experienced in discharging. No, <laughs> you know, so that's all I, I that's all the information I can share <laughs> because that's all I know. <laughs> so, so maybe some kind of crank. No, I'm not too <laughs> fond of the cranks. Okay, well, I'm not, I, I, I like the rope pull. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, cranks have been my, around for a while. Yeah, my sister bought one. She bought the 400 and something. I mean, the exact model is mine only. Just one step up, yeah. Yeah, it was just one step up, and it had the crank in it, and she ended up breaking her wrist. Uh, it had the attachable crank on it. Yeah, but she ended up breaking her wrist on it. You know, she... There again, if you're going to shoot a crossbow, handle with care. Yeah, she, you know, she didn't... 
she thought she had it back far enough into the locking mechanism and when she let go of it obviously she didn't and the handle whipped around during hunting season Mm -hmm. you know prime time during the rut and it broke her wrist so she wouldn't be able to hunt it after that and so the cranks well they make see they make some uh internal cranks and stuff they won't do that Uh, to you as bad oh Uh, wow like the ravens that we sold ravens does sold uh most of them do it's just in your higher models right um 10 point does 10 points had them around for a long They've time we were selling them back in long the early 2000s yeah. they had the internal cranks and, they were, and they've all got their own name for them pretty well stuff. yeah but, i yeah. mean but you know i just and they're a little quieter and all that kind of stuff too but then those are some of the features like we were talking about earlier that if you want to spend the money for it makes it a little easier right. makes it a little handier but again you don't need it but the rope the rope pull like what i got on mine yeah no more than that, you're cranking that thing no i don't it's just the letting down aspect if you can get a crank where you can let it down because like on your sister's you couldn't really i mean you'd have to have a hold of it she probably couldn't let it down no. without spinning it. some of them aren't designed to let down through the crank anyway they're right. designed to crank up you still have to discharge it yeah right yeah yeah no i don't some of them do have decocking mechanisms but yeah just depends i just uh i like my bow mm-hmm. i like my crossbow the way it is i like the rope pull you know it's handy for me and you know i'm not that decrepit yet right where i can't use it right and a big thing on those if you are shooting one with the rope the rope pull make sure you got that rope short enough because yeah <laughs> you got those things too long you're really gonna be yeah, pulling up over you know, your head we, we had to knock mine up a little bit and mm-hmm. i got four foot arms but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we had not mine up a little it's bit. a whole over 100 pounds pull yeah it's, I don't know it's exactly pretty, what it is don't remember very strong pull i mean you well know. you have to be to shoot that fast on that short of you want to make sure you get your foot in the stirrup and mm-hmm. and use your back not your arms you know and get that thing back there but once you do boy look out you know uh, things are going to happen if you pull the trigger <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i don't care if, <laughs> i don't care if it's a, a broad head shooting at a deer or if it's just a discharge arrow <laughs> shooting at a tree root <laughs> things are going to fly so it's going to happen yeah. But no, I I really do like mine. Uh, it's lightweight. <laughs> I like the pistol grip on it. Uh, I would if if I spy another center point or any crossbow, I would like an adjustable uh, range on my scope instead of just a standard four by. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a little magnification. Yeah, a little bit more magnification. Now, granted, uh, myself, you know, I'm. Just because I might be able to shoot 60, 80 yards of that crossbow, I'm not going to shoot that far. Right. I still treat it as a regular bow. And like Scott said with his uh, hunting, you know, his compound bow, I'm the same way, 30 yards in, in. You know, and so the four by is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I was somebody that was going to try to stretch my limits more than, yeah, it might need a a little bit more magnification, a little bit wider view. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this was a little four, bit more relief. Yeah, this, high relief. this is a four by 32, you know, yeah. but those are real common, ain't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're real yeah. common. Pretty standard. Yeah, they're and they're standard on 22 rifles with uh, yeah. squirrel hunting, you know. Mm-hmm. And but my squirrel gun, I got a three by nine by uh, 50. Me too. Yeah. Ain't that fun? Ain't that something? <laughs> you don't, don't want to get him in the nose or the ear. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he blinked. I'm going to shoot him in the eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
So, you know, but. Uh, oh, here, Peter's attorney's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Well, he knows a lot of attorneys. <laughs> Ain't the first time I've had to talk to him, probably. <laughs> but, no, I. I just don't. I like the hand grip underneath. You know, it's got that guard and stuff. And so, if you get your fingers or thumb up there where the on the uh, rail, you know, uh, well then you're just a dumbass and asking to get hurt. You know, <laughs> you want really not paying attention. You want yeah, you want to go on workman's comp or something. I don't know. Yours is uh wider, correct? It's a yeah. Wider I don't. Model. I don't have that. This is like this is your sister's. That's my sister's. Because this is actually the one we warranted. <clears throat> Yeah, from hers. Well, of course you do. You wouldn't warranty mine. Why would I need to? (laughs) Because I'm not a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yours has a little. When it comes to hunting, well, did I? Did you say anything, Nate? I seen your look. No, I didn't say anything either. So, but yeah, and and that pistol grip, I I absolutely love that. You know, Mm -hmm. of course it's a it's a ugly. Gun, you know, it's probably an assault crossbow now, and they'll probably we don't know how it's, it identifies. Oh my god, it has an adjustable stock. So a pistol grip, adjustable stock. It's an assault crossbow. Is it black? Should probably be outlawed. No, it's camouflage. It's camo. It's partially black. Mil- well, military. it's got some black on it, so yeah. it's probably military issue. Yeah, yeah. correct. Jesus, I'm gonna go to jail. <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna do for you. <laughs> I don't have his phone number. I, <laughs> I call on him, but it's not through the phone. Nate's a deacon. Help me out here, Nate. <laughs> we put in a good word for you. Yeah, quite, sure. quite often, actually. I'm sure. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure I got an assault crossbow. So, you know, pray for me, guys. I, I may not make it through next year without going to the pen, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, but. Uh, so that's kind of fun. <laughs> Other than establishing that Dumb Jeff founded you, didn't I? That Jeff really likes his crossbow, and he is not a dumbass when it comes to deer hunting. <laughs> you like asked. Going... I'm just letting you know. I didn't say I'm not a dumbass when it comes to deer hunting. I just said I'm not a dumbass about putting my fingers up under the rail. Well. Or over the rail. Whatever makes you feel better. Well, that makes me feel better because I still got all 10 digits. Okay. So that's kind of the the bow market, I guess. Somewhat of a breakdown of it. Well, we're look what we would be looking that's a for. Piss-poor breakdown. <laughs> it may be, but nonetheless, it is a breakdown. Yeah. Hey, we're here for entertainment. That's what you, that's what you get when you come to this. That's right. Podcast entertainment. Right. If you expect anything more, you should <laughs> yeah. probably go yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> uh, not, we leave the knowledge at the door. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of things. At the door. Filters, knowledge. Yeah, well, you know. It's real. It is real. No fake stuff around here. That's right. Speaking of real stuff. What you got? Hey, that's a great segue. Wasn't it? Boy, he just flows right into that like a river. Almost like I knew what I was doing. Hey, are you even going to ask me about my food plot? In a minute. Oh, okay. Always about him, this guy. (laughs) We've been listening to you for 15 minutes. (laughs) And you enjoyed every second. Of well, it. let's let's listen to Canyon first. Oh. Okay. What you got for us there, Can Man? I get in our order today as well, so we have some in the shop. Is that right? We've got our stuff to put out. Racks Big Game Supplements. Ooh. If you guys listen to the podcast, you know. If you don't, they're a veteran-owned company out of Northeast Nebraska. They're deer hunters just like you and me. Uh, they're looking to more get more out of the mineral and feed market than what was that existed at the time. So they developed Racks products through years of research and came up with one of the best mixes available that will help improve your herd's overall health while not feeding non-target species. 
You've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. We've got some of the uh, minerals and protein blocks to put out. Me and Nate got a blocks. I've got all of us bags to put out and uh, see how that goes and get that working. You guys can use discount code RHO22, capital RHO22 at checkout to receive 5% off your entire order at RaxMineral.com, R-A-K-S-Mineral.com. And you can also stop by the shop and see what we got in stock. Like I said, we did get a little bit of stuff in today. Got some 40-pound bags of minerals, some 18-pound bags of minerals, and some of the buster blocks, the protein blocks. Or you can also make an order if you want some more stuff that we don't have. Our other podcast sponsor, speaking of food plots. We got another is Grandpa Ray at where you been? Uh, I've been working. I, I hear you. We have too. We unloaded a whole pallet. Well, we not we when I say we, I mean Canyon. <laughs> a whole pallet full of that stuff off the truck today. So he did get a lot of it in. That's yep. awesome. I'm glad I was mowing my yard and wasn't here. Our next sponsor is Grandpa Ray Outdoors. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for the white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They offer a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. Grandpa Ray Outdoors was started in 2015, but John has been in the seed and nutrition business since 1991, which we'll get to learn more about next week because he's actually going to be on the podcast. So for those of you who right? tune in next week, we'll have John O'Brien from Grandpa Ray Outdoors on. We'll talk about, I'm sure, some food plot seeds, some different situations for different seed, what he likes. We'll pick his brain about all that kind of stuff. So it should be good. Um, with over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, you won't have any trouble finding what you're looking for. They've got fall and spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits. You name it, they've pretty much got it. They aren't just about selling their products, though. They'll answer any questions you have about what what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can achieve the best results. Like us, John and the team don't believe in cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. They'll treat you and your situation individually. Talk about that all the time. Every property is different. Most deer herds are different. There's caveats to everything, uh, what your neighbors are doing. They'll treat you the same way we do as an individual, an individual property, individual deer herd, whatever your goals are. They're going to do the same thing that we do. Uh, they're not about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. We've used their seed blends on client properties in the past, and the results have been as good as advertised. That's why we're going to keep using them. And that's why we've partnered with them for the podcast. So you can go check them out at Grandpa Ray's out, GrandpaRayOutdoors.com and use discount code capital R-H-O space capital P podcast to get 10% off your order. And we do have some of their stuff. I know right now I've got just sold out of the switchgrass, but we've got buckwheat and some grain sorghum. We Milo use the switchgrass on my there. place anyway. Yep. We got some of the switchgrass out on your place. Planted some of the switchgrass last year. Uh, a couple fall blends really like their stuff so go check them out uh you can stop by the shop and see what we got and again same deal as with racks if you don't see something in the shop that you're looking for you can go to their website find what they got come into the shop have me order it for you and you'll save some money on shipping that way again just shipping just like everything else has gone up especially when you're talking about shipping 10 20 pounds of seed or better depending on what you're wanting but Speaking of your food plot seeds, that's another good segue. Excellent. Yeah, I led right into that. Yeah, your switchgrass. We got yours all planted, and there will be an update on the vlog coming up as soon as I can get it edited. Uh, yeah, was the a, technician here is a little lacking. But. Yeah, well, the technician does everything else, too. So. <laughs> Not everything. Damn near. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we pay you for. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> anyway... 
there will be a vlog update on that video that Jeff did that you did um, about kind of what we did because see got it a, is all about you. It is really. It uh, is when it's all know. said and done. This is just it's really Jeff's show. I'm just it is. A, I'm just the face. I understand. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Not everybody can be a pretty face. That's right. That's all I've got, Jeff. <laughs> I sure as hell ain't that person. <laughs> But you got everything else. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. Almost. Almost. <laughs> almost. We'll just have to keep deer hunting, Nate. It's all we can do, buddy. Yeah. Sit out there in the bushes and sling arrows. <laughs> That's the plan. So with your food plot, like I said, there'll be an update on that. Uh, but you can kind of run us through what we've done in the last uh, 10, 14 days or whatever to get it ready for the rain that's coming in that may be here right now. I have no idea. I think I it's raining so. as we speak. Oh, God, I hope it is. But anyway, uh, what what we got going on there, Jeff? Well, we, last week since you was unavailable and you was all over the on world. On vacation. Yeah, you was all over the world. <laughs> Kicking Kansas. it in the sunshine, yeah. Well, you told me you was in Kansas and... He was not in Kansas last week. On Kentucky, uh, somewhere. That was a couple weeks ago. You know, he was, at least. Anyways, he was here, there, and yonder. So we was trying to. No, I wasn't. You know, nothing important. No. 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 Anyway, as you were saying, just doing what we do. But anyways, you know, we was trying to. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Work, <laughs> possibly. Well, work, but you know, we was trying to coincide for his schedule with mine. You know what tools are going to be available at what time, you know, mm-hmm. where he's going to be, and stuff. And so it was kind of aggravating, actually, <laughs> because I didn't have what I needed at the time I was wanting it. But we made it. Work. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we made it work. Let's out. straighten this out for a second. It was aggravating because Jeff didn't have my stuff when he needed it on his schedule. So let's just make that clear. Exactly. As the power goes out here in our podcast. Well, we won't let that stop us. No. It's a good thing we're not video tonight. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Your stuff wasn't available when I was wanting it. I got battery backup. So anyhow, anyhow, you know. Go uh, ahead. If you don't mind. You go ahead. Don't let me stop you. Uh, we finally got everything where we needed. I got everything worked up. It was wetter than I would have liked when I worked it. But, you know, I worked it the hell out. Worked uh, as a three-acre patch, and it turned into 12, you know. That's some bad figuring, Jim. Well, you know, I had to work. <laughs> I had to you work. Had to the, take the shoes off for that one. <laughs> I had to work the damn thing four times, you know, and oh, still, okay. didn't, still didn't get all the results I was wanting because, you know, like, like I said, it was wet, and I was in a hurry, and they was giving rain for the last, <laughs> last weekend that never came. After you ripped the thing the first time, uh, I got to work it with half a disc, so I'm not sure how many times that counts for. And then I ripped it again. <laughs> yeah. to Is that make the homemade it. tool? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I ripped it again because... You know, there was a two-week span in there that we wasn't mm-hmm. able to get in, and the grass come up. And I was like, I got to de-root this shit. And so mm-hmm. I ripped her again, and then the next day I drove all the way to town on my little old Massey 50 and got the disc, drove all the way back, worked the field three times, drove back to town, dropped off the disc, drove back home. What's that round trip, like six miles? Uh-huh. Not even. Yeah, but at 15 miles. <laughs> it's about yeah, a, you ain't telling me nothing. It's about a three-beer trip. <laughs> Is it? One way. Okay, Mike. So, <laughs> I'm just guessing. He was on a tractor, so. <laughs> I'm just guessing. So, anyways, uh, I got worked up. It, like I said, it didn't work up the way I wanted it to, but 
sometimes you can't do things, you know, the way you want it to. You got to do it whenever you when you get, can when you can. Yeah, and and you know, make do with the results that you get. And so uh, Canyon just happened to be coming back right after I got done. Actually, after I got home, put tractor in the shed, and he showed up an hour later with his tractor and planter. So we went ahead and planted the corn and the beans. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we did, we planted what well, we planted eight or ten rows on the west side of corn, and then we planted uh, eight rows along the road. Oh, uh, yeah, something like that. And then another four to six rows on the east side. Basically, just to screen the deer in, mm-hmm. you know, because I, my food plot's right along a very, it's not a highway, but it's kind of the Wayne City bypass. <laughs> right. You know, so, mm-hmm. so we was trying to screen them in, uh, and we saved a uh, stretch switchgrass that I had previously, saved it, you know, let it grow up. So mm-hmm. we planned on both sides a bit, just for, give them a little bedding area if they want to use that in between the corn rows and stuff. And then we planted corn. I planted about an acre of corn, or not corn. I planted about, what we plant? Oh, we planted beans. Mm-hmm. We planted half acre of beans, and then we uh, planted about an acre of clover. And then uh, we got some of that barricade grass mm-hmm. and mixed some switchgrass in. Grandpa Ray's switchgrass. Mm-hmm. Mixed that in there. Planted that along the yard. And so basically what we're trying to do is where we plan on the deer being at to eat the clover and chicory, we want them screened in and secured where they are they are not visible from any direction. And then I saved one spot over where I plan on the deer coming and going in out of the woods on the east side of the pond. And it's maybe a quarter of an acre. But yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But we're just going to keep working that up this summer. Try to keep it clean. You mm-hmm. know, when the grass starts coming up, we'll work it down. You know, wait. Grass comes up, work it down. And then uh, this fall, well, then we'll plant some winter oats or or mm-hmm. something like that for the deer. So they've got. Uh, I'm giving them a buffet, more mm-hmm. more to speak. You know, they're going to have corn. They're going to have soybeans. We planted two types of soybeans. We planted regular soybeans, and what was the other one? We planted some of those uh, real-world soybeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, Generation 2, I think, soybeans is what they're called. Yeah. So we've so, got those on <clears throat> every other row part of the way, and then back-to-back rows the other half of the way. Yeah, I don't know what the hell you did. You got me confused. Anyway, the, the, I know the, gen- the general idea was... We put regular soybeans in one box and because mm-hmm. we got a two-row planter. Yeah. We put regular soybeans in one box, the, the specialty soybeans in another. And so that way when you plant up one way and turn around and come back down, you had two rows mm-hmm. of each side by side. Mm-hmm. Uh, things kind of got lost somewhere in the middle, you know, because we was trying to adjust for depth and everything. And so, but any, anyhow... <laughs> We got soybeans out there for them, so they'll have that all winter long. Like I said we're not going to harvest any of this stuff. It's going to be out there all winter for the mm-hmm. deer to eat from from green up till you know this winter. And then we've got the clover, we got the grass and stuff for for uh, bedding or or uh, screening screening. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have the winter oats on the other side of the pond where we think they're going to come in and where we're going to try to direct them to come in and out of the food plot. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing you've got to, you've got, 
if you're gonna hunt a food plot, you gotta get your make it set up to where you direct the deer where you want them to go. Oh yeah, yeah. where as they're going, can, where yeah. they're going yeah. to enter this food plot at. Yeah. So that way you can set up on them to hunt them. Yeah, if not, you can. I'm them. not. I have no intentions whatsoever of hunting the food plot. What I'm going to do is I'm going to hunt between bedding areas and where I'm th- trying to direct them to enter the food plot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if things come together and work like they should, which 95.987% of the time they don't, <laughs> you, <Right>. know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, if, if it does work out right, well then, you know, we should have some luck there. Yeah, I think we we should have quite a few deer out there on an evening, you know, throughout the fall. Well, just just the other night, I sent you a pic, picture of um, my niece. Took a picture of a big mature doe out there in my mm-hmm. yard, right across the road from her house, standing there looking at the food plot like she was waiting for it to come up <laughs> so she could start eating it. You know, yep. so yeah, so that's what we got going on at Jeff's. Like I said, there'll be a vlog update on that as well, a short little video, kind of show you guys what's going on there, but. <clears throat> that's going to do it for this week i think unless you got anything else you want to add so that'll wrap up episode number 36 and uh this is probably saturday when this comes out because i gotta drive tomorrow up north and then next week like i said we'll have john o'brien on from grandpa ray outdoors and hopefully you guys are tuned in for that one i think we have a lot of good stuff there on this as far as food plots and food plot blends and stuff like that so thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys again next week